0: Hey, this is Sean. If you haven't already heard the rest of this series, go back and start with episode one. This story will make a lot more sense that way.
1: If you've listened to the last few episodes of this podcast, you know we've spent a lot of time talking about the high-speed rail line that was going to be built between Madison and Milwaukee.
0: But there's more to the debate, because right around the same time, Wisconsin bought two trains from a Spanish company called Talgo.
1: And the story of these trains is, look, it's messy. In a way, these trains are the physical reminder of the debate Wisconsin had almost a decade ago.
0: And these trains they're not even in Wisconsin. So, we went to find them.
1: According to Google Maps, we're about 4 minutes away. And I'm pretty nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess we're only nervous. I mean, we're going to we're going to go and we're going to ask permission and we're going to identify ourselves. I guess we're just nervous because there's the, the distance between what could happen in our minds is, like, pretty great right now. At, at the upper end of things, they let us in, and we're, like, touring the bistro car of these Talgo trains. And at the lower end of things...
1: The trains are not there. <laughs>
0: that's, that's definitely one scenario that's in the low end. <laughs> in 800 feet,
1: turn right onto Garstang Street.
0: I think I see something. Really? I think so.
1: <gasps> Take the next. Oh my God! To street. They're I see it. It's red and white.
0: white. Oh yeah! There
1: they are! There they are!
0: They are right up by the street.
1: We found the trains,
0: and we're going to tell you how they got where they are.
1: From Wisconsin Public Radio, I'm Bridget Bowden,
0: and I'm Sean Johnson. This is Derailed. Okay, where should we start?
1: Should we say where the trains are now?
0: No, we need to go further back.
1: Okay, so how about when we bought them?
0: No, that's just... it's bigger than that.
1: How about 1848?
0: 1848? Yeah, that seems about right.
1: So, if you're from Wisconsin, you've probably seen our flag.
0: It's on a blue backdrop and there's a seal in the middle and a picture of a plow and a pickaxe and an arm holding a hammer and a sailor and a miner and a stack of lead bricks and a badger and a cornucopia.
1: There's a lot going on. But the thing we want to call your attention to is the big white text. At the top it says Wisconsin and at the bottom 1848.
0: 1848, the year Wisconsin became a state. The year Wisconsin's state constitution became a thing.
1: People who wrote that constitution felt strongly about what government should and should not do. And they spelled that out.
0: One of the things they did not want Wisconsin to get into was borrowing money to build infrastructure. Roads, bridges, you name it. Other states had gotten into money trouble with this. And Wisconsin's framers were going to nip that in the bud.
1: So, let's fast forward here. Times change. What people expect government to do changes, and voters start amending the Wisconsin Constitution. At first, they say it's okay if the state borrows for highways, and then they decide the state can borrow for forests and airports and port facilities.
0: But even up until just a few decades ago, there was one thing the state of Wisconsin could not borrow for.
1: Railroads. And Joe Zarneski wanted to change that. In 1989, he was a Democratic state senator from Milwaukee. He wanted to see more transit, and to get there, he thought the state needed to help. So he introduced a proposal to end Wisconsin's 141-year-old ban on borrowing for railroads. And in 1992, voters passed it.
0: I don't know if we were visionaries, but uh, it certainly was uh, something where we were looking towards the future. One year later, State Representative Spencer Black, a Madison Democrat, wanted to put this borrowing power to use. Because I was concerned about transportation
2: policies. I felt it was too oriented towards building large new highways. It was neglecting non-automotive transportation, uh, such as transit
0: and rail transit. So Spencer Black sponsored a plan that would give the state the power to borrow up to $50 million for railroads. And to increase the chances of it passing, he added it to the state budget.
1: Now, that budget still needed to be voted on by the entire legislature. And the story of the day that happens is pretty interesting.
0: So get this. The day the budget is up for a final vote, a 25-year-old lawmaker is sworn in. He's just won a special election for an open assembly seat in the Milwaukee suburbs. His name is Scott Walker the future governor who will one day vow to kill Wisconsin's high-speed rail line. And on Scott Walker's very first day in office, he's not just there to pose for pictures and shake hands. He gets to vote on the biggest bill of all, the budget bill.
1: And Scott Walker votes yes on the entire budget, including the $50 million in railroad bonding.
0: With Scott Walker's help, the budget bill passes. Wisconsin can get into the railroad business.
1: So state government doesn't use this power right away. Mostly, that money, that bonding authority, just sits there for 16 years. Until July of 2009, when Democratic Governor Jim Doyle decides to spend it.
0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Today uh, is a day that I believe we mark uh, a major new start for transportation uh, in the Midwest and in the United States. That day, Doyle announces the state is making a deal with a Spanish train manufacturer, Talgo. And this isn't totally out of the blue. Remember a couple episodes ago, the stimulus bill had just been signed and Jim Doyle went to Spain to check out their rail network? That all leads up to this. And I can't wait for Midwestern travelers to experience firsthand the comfort modern amenities and expanded seating capacity on these wonderful trains. Doyle says Talgo will open a manufacturing facility in the state and build two brand new train sets for Wisconsin. And he says this moment is historic. Doyle imagines a future where passenger rail travel is thriving in the Midwest. And he thinks this new Talgo plant will put Wisconsin at the center of it. And this is big for Talgo too. Jose Maria Oriol's great grandfather founded the company and always dreamed of becoming big in the U.S. We know and we understand that we have been uh, patient in order to wait this opportunity, and now we can say that the dream in the Midwest become a true reality.
1: Also there that day, Frank Bussellaki, Doyle's secretary of the Department of Transportation. You know him, the Teamster with a soft spot for trains. He remembers the Talgo announcement. He remembers Doyle traveling to Spain. And Frank Busalaki, he visited Spain too.
3: I went first. Oh yeah? I went for I went to Spain first. Well, I was invited there by the Spanish government and I went. And I went to the Talgo plants. I saw how advanced the Spaniards were in high-speed trains. They took me through their factories and everything. And when I came back, I told Governor Doyle, I said, you got to go.
0: Busalaki had a huge role in all this. If you look at Wisconsin's deal with Talgo, signed in July of 2009, it's Busalaki's name on the contract. And Busalaki loved these trains, partly because he
3: says he helped design them. These trains that Talgo built for us Are incredible they look like the Japanese or the Spanish trains except except I was able to pick the colors and I picked white with red trim and the seats were red and the bathrooms were red the badger colors and they were absolutely stunning
1: So at this point in the story, you know how Jim Doyle and Frank Busalaki feel about these trains. But the deal isn't completely final yet. It has to get voted on by state lawmakers.
0: And this will be the first time that Republicans and Democrats will get to debate this in public. It happens in the Wisconsin State Legislature's Budget Committee, the Joint Committee on Finance. Busalaki was there to answer the committee's questions.
3: Hi, Senator. How are you? Hey, how are you, Secretary? Good, good. The, uh, the, the reason for the purchase of the train sets, quite frankly, is, is they're needed.
1: But before we get into that, a little bit about the legislature's budget committee. It's the most powerful committee in Wisconsin state government. Lawmakers fight for a seat on it. There are 16 members, and at this point in 2009, Democrats run it just like they run everything else.
0: So you might expect that Busalaki would get a warm welcome here at this unveiling of Talgo. But it doesn't exactly go that way. Then Democratic State Representative Mark Pocan of Madison co-chairs the committee in 2009. And he's not happy with the way Jim Doyle and Frank Busalaki have been pushing this through without lawmakers. Why were we first informed on July 17th
3: about this? Is there any reason why that we weren't for the two months, why we couldn't have been informed and there couldn't have been more advance notice to the co-equal branch called the legislature? And if Busalaki responds? We're still working on the financial aspects of the deal, and that's why we didn't know. You okay. know, we, we came right down to, the, right down to the, the end on this thing.
1: So this is how Busalaki is received by his political friends and his political enemies?
3: And everything else. They said, oh, you can't do those trades. Oh, that's illegal.
1: Republicans on this committee have a much bigger problem with the contract, because there are a couple ways the state can seek bids on a project like this. One way is super thorough. The thought being that this will help the state government get the best bang for its buck. But this can take a long time.
0: The other way, which is totally legal in Wisconsin, is a little more relaxed and usually faster. In the case of the Talgo deal, the Doyle administration chose the faster option, they started the process right before Doyle went to Spain, and Talgo was the only company that said it was interested.
1: Republicans on the budget committee, like Representative Robin Voss, are livid about this.
0: You know, I looked on Wikipedia for what the definition of sweetheart deal is, and it's funny, it's a deal used, it's a term used to describe an abnormally favorable arrangement. And it says that sometimes it involves government officials and hints at the presence of corruption. That's what Wikipedia says a sweetheart deal is. I cannot imagine a better definition in the state of Wisconsin
3: for a sweetheart deal than the one you are presenting to us today.
1: But Busalaki tells Voss the Doyle administration followed the letter of the law.
3: I suppose I could go to a dictionary and and come up with all kinds of quotes myself, but I'm not going to do that. We didn't. The governor didn't. Nobody did anything wrong here. Fireworks aside,
0: Voss and his fellow Republicans are in no position to stop this train in 2009. So the Talgo deal passes on an 11 to 4 party line vote. The state can now officially use that nearly $50 million in rail bonding to build these trains in Wisconsin.
1: But if you've heard the rest of this podcast, you know what happens in 2009 and 2010. The aftermath of the recession, the stimulus, the rise of the Tea Party, the 2010 election. Scott Walker becomes governor and the high-speed rail line between Madison and Milwaukee is canceled.
0: And that changes everything for the talgo deal. That's after the break.
1: Fast forward to 2012. By this time, Scott Walker has been governor for more than a year, and at this point, he's about to face a recall election. Because Scott Walker's first year has been eventful, to say the least. His signature law that undercut the power of unions drew tens of thousands of protesters to the Capitol.
0: Walker has a powerful ally in all of this, the Wisconsin State Legislature, because the legislature is now more Republican than it's been for decades. Now the Budget Committee is reviewing the Talgo deal again, and the circumstances couldn't be more different.
1: Robin Voss, the state representative who was giving Busalaki a hard time about sweetheart deals back in 2009, he's running the Budget Committee now. Um, And Republicans have a 12 to 4 uh, majority.
0: Yeah, We are now on to agenda item number five. Uh, This is a request from the Department of Transportation. Uh, The Department of Transportation is asking the Budget Committee for $2.5 million toward a permanent maintenance facility for Wisconsin's Talgo trains. This was always part of the deal with Talgo. It's their business model. If you want their trains, you pay for their maintenance.
1: Technically speaking, Scott Walker's Department of Transportation is asking the budget committee to vote yes at this meeting. Because it has to. Wisconsin has a contract with Talgo, and that contract includes this maintenance facility. Mark Gottlieb is Walker's Transportation Secretary at the time.
2: We had a contract, and it was the administration's job, in my opinion, to execute that contract and fulfill the state's obligation on it. Unless and until the legislature told us that they were going to exercise their authority not to appropriate the money.
0: Translation, the Walker administration would keep its end of the Talgo deal unless the legislature decides to break it.
1: Now, when lawmakers vote on this stuff, they have to get their information from somewhere. And in the case of the Talgo deal, they asked Mark Gottlieb's Department of Transportation to crunch the numbers. By this time, the trains themselves are just about ready, but the rail line between Madison and Milwaukee is already dead.
0: So the DOT is studying how much it would cost to run these trains just between Milwaukee and Chicago, and that inflates the costs.
2: It's really hard to run a railroad when you only have two trains.
0: According to the DOT study, running and maintaining two new Talgo trains from Milwaukee to Chicago will cost $10 million more each year than keeping the state's old Amtrak trains. $10 million. Republican lawmakers, like Robin Voss, have heard enough. I do not believe that it is my responsibility to just turn the blind eye and say because someone before me signed a sweetheart deal for whatever political reason they chose to do it, it's not my job to fulfill a bad contract to do something that is a bad decision for the state.
1: Democrats, like Representative Corey Mason, push back.
0: We asked them to come here. We signed a contract with them in good faith. And they're assembling these cars in Wisconsin.
1: But remember, By this point in 2012, Wisconsin Democrats are basically powerless. So Corey Mason knows he's going to lose on this vote. And he knows that means the state is headed to court.
0: And the losers will be the Wisconsin residents who will lose their jobs, our relationship with an international company that wants to do business here, and the taxpayers that will have to pick up the tab for this lawsuit for your reckless action here today.
1: But the budget committee votes along party lines to deny this funding, and that sets off a chain reaction.
0: About a month later, Talgo sends Gottlieb an invoice for the trains.
1: A few months after that, they send a notice of default.
0: On November 1st, Talgo terminates the contract. The next day, they sue, alleging the state of Wisconsin owes them money for these trains. And Talgo says the trains themselves belong to them.
1: The state of Wisconsin fights this in court for almost three years, until August of 2015, when the two sides settle. Under the terms of the settlement, Wisconsin will pay Talgo the full cost of the trains, about $50 million, and Talgo gets to keep the trains too.
0: Mark Gottlieb says he wishes things would have turned out differently.
2: It it brings me no joy. I mean, the way things things turned out, I mean, you you never want to see a resource go to waste. You never want to see money, you know, spent um, to no fruitful purpose.
0: But Gottlieb says the fate of the Talgo trains was sealed when Walker made the decision to kill the Madison to Milwaukee line.
1: Now, if it had been his call, would Mark Gottlieb, Scott Walker's transportation secretary, have killed the Madison to Milwaukee line?
2: Once the grant was obtained, uh, I would have probably, if it had been my decision, I would have probably gone ahead and built it.
1: But it wasn't his call. And Gottlieb says he's not surprised that this train didn't work out.
2: People say, well, boy, I went to Europe and we on these trains, and it was really great. And I've ridden the high-speed rail in Europe, and I've seen it in Asia, and it's great. It's great, but that ain't the United States.
0: So, about those trains. We went to find them.
1: All right, Sean, tell me what you're looking at.
0: I'm looking at a red and white Talgo train. Actually, a couple of them that are parked on tracks behind a chain-link fence, behind barbed wire in Beech Grove, Indiana. They are sitting here, and as far as we know, they've been sitting here for years, going nowhere.
1: So these are Wisconsin's Talgo trains.
0: They were briefly, anyway.
1: Did you catch that? The trains are in Beech Grove, Indiana, about a four and a half-hour drive from where they were built in Milwaukee. It's an Amtrak maintenance facility.
0: Talgo is paying to store them here until they find a buyer. According to court documents, the trains have been here since the spring of 2014.
1: The whole place is surrounded by a fence, and at the front gate, there's an officer. We asked if we could go in and take a look.
0: Hi. Can I- Hi. Yeah. yeah. I'm Sean Johnson. I'm a reporter with Public Radio. This is my Bridget. colleague Bridget. Hi, how you doing? Um, we're doing a story about trains and we're like really interested in those red and white trains that you got parked out there. I'll go train. Yeah. yeah, can we just go look at those? Nah, you no, you can't. Come property. Okay. Really? Okay.
3: You might talk to
1: In case you missed that, we asked to step on the other side of the fence and the officer said no.
0: But Here's the good news. There's a spot in this parking lot where the chain link fence gets really close to these trains. We checked it out.
1: So we're looking at two big warehouses and one of them says 1910, the other says 1907. And this is where Amtrak does maintenance on their trains.
0: And now for the last five years, these two bright red and white trains have been right out in front. When you think back, about Governor Jim Doyle at that press conference in 2009 unveiling these trains, that we're gonna make Wisconsin kind of the rail hub of America. These are the trains that we're gonna do that.
1: These are the trains, the red and white, badger red trains that former DOT secretary, Frank Busalaki said he designed himself. Um, We can see that that outside has a bright red stripe and he said even the interior is badger red.
0: These are the trains that when Spencer Black got that amendment put in the budget in 1993 to maybe someday expand rail in Wisconsin, these are the product of that. And here they are. And they're not going anywhere right now. They've become a part of this industrial landscape for at least the short term. They're kind of like statues.
1: Just sitting here.
0: Looking at these trains is a little surreal for us because we're from Wisconsin. It's sort of weird to be up close and personal with these objects that made so many people so mad, and they're just sitting there. So are these Talgo trains just going to sit, stuck here forever in train purgatory? Like everything else in the Talgo story, the answer is complicated.
1: There's a chance that these two trains could be sent to run on the Amtrak Cascades line through Washington and Oregon. But as of the recording of this podcast, Wisconsin's trains are still going nowhere.
0: Derailed is reported and produced by me, Sean Johnson, and Bridget Bowden.
1: We're produced by Hannah Haynes and Brad Kohlberg, edited by Noah Ovshinsky. Music by Carl Christensen. Additional support from Adam Friedrich.
0: Digital editing by Jenny Peek. Special thanks to Corrine Hess, WFYI, and Erica Irish.
1: You can subscribe to Derailed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and other podcast apps. If you like the show, make sure to give us a good rating. It'll help more people find us.
0: You can see more at WPR.org
3: derailed.